Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of the Rumble Ramble Podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. Follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. This is a Sports Ethos presentation, so check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at SportsEthosOnline, SportsEthos.com. Today, real short show. Um, just going to run through the scores of last night. Uh, talk about what happened there. Talk about the news and the controversy around the NBA 65 game rule. Um, and why I don't think it's that big a deal. Um, and then send y'all on your merry way with the games tonight and, and get y'all going. Um, this is the first of the month, February, Black History Month. Shout out to myself. <laughs> Shout out to all those um, trendsetters who have paved the way. And, you know, I, I like to say this um, both seriously and as a joke in, with friends on other things. But you stand on the shoulders of giants, right? Like people have paved the way and gone through so much for me to have the ability to do what I'm doing. And honestly, that's even be able to host a podcast and work. And I mean, it's so much things. I'm not here to give you an extensive history lesson. If anyone ever wants to talk about it, I'm totally down to do so, but I am very grateful for the opportunities that I have. And I understand that that is not a given, um, but that historically it hasn't been a given rather. And so it's just something I'm very grateful for and I don't take it for granted. And I wish the month was longer. And that's all I'm going to say about that. All right. So, moving right along, let's talk about the games from the night before. Kevin Durant returned to Brooklyn. It was return night uh, for two players in the league. Kevin Durant returned to Brooklyn after playing um, just over four seasons there. And then you had Damian Lillard return to Portland after playing, you know, 13 years there. So, definitely a a big deal for those guys. Um, One team won. And one team didn't for the returning teams. Uh, let's talk about the Suns first, who beat the Nets 136-120. to 120. Kevin Durant led the way after averaging 16 points over the last, like, five games, or last three games. Had 33 points on this one. Five rebounds, eight assists. He couldn't be stopped. He definitely woke up and turned up um, and went off on Brooklyn. Yusuf Nurkic had 28 points, 11 rebounds, and six assists. Really good game for him, for the Bosnian Beast. You had 22 points for Devin Booker along with eight assists. And then after that, you had 17 for Eric Gordon in his start. 12 for Bradley Beal, 11 for Josh Akogi, um, Josh Akogi, don't know why I keep saying Akogi, um, and, and that was really it for the Suns, who ended up shooting 62% from the field, 50% from three, and 75% from the line. They were definitely putting the ball through the net. For Brooklyn, I mean, they also shot decently well, um, obviously not as good as Phoenix did, but they were led by 25 points from the aforementioned, well, I didn't mention him yet, but Cam Thomas, the professional scorer, that's what he does, gets out there and gets buckets. He also had four assists, so that was good as well. Um, you had 21 points from Mikel Bridges, 18 for Cam, um, 19 for off the bench for Lonnie Walker, along with seven assists, 18 for Cam Johnson, which you definitely love to see, 16 for Spencer Dinwiddie, and then a near double double of 12 points and nine rebounds for Nick Claxton. And that was it for the Nets, who ended up shooting 50% from the field and 41% from three, 76% from the line. But Phoenix got more rebounds than them; they had more assists than them, more blocks. Um, more points in the paint, less fouls. Like, the recipe for success was in a myriad of ways for Phoenix, and they achieved it in that win against the Nets. All right, Damian Lillard returned. Emotional homecoming to Milwaukee. You had the video tribute. You had the stand, the minute-long standing ovation. You had him meet with, um, you know, former teammates, former team personnel. Like, it was a big emotional night for Dame. And he played decent, 26, 25 points, six rebounds, seven assists. Shooting numbers weren't super great, but... You know, he definitely was um, the second leading scorer for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, leading the way was Giannis Antetokounmpo at 27 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. 
after him and Lillard, you had 21 points from Chris Middleton along with 8 assists for him, 19 points for Brooke Lopez, 11 points for Bobby Porter, and that was it for your double-digit scores. It was your big guys. The bench did not give you a whole lot outside of Portis, um, and that was it. Jay Crowder played 19 minutes, 6 points. Pat Connaughton got some cardio in, grabbed a rebound. Cameron Payne got some cardio in, one rebound, two assists. Like, it just wasn't a lot there. And then offensively, this has been an issue for Milwaukee most of the season. In the second game of the Doc Rivers era, it doesn't seem to have changed much. Um, Portland, you know, they can get hot and cold for sure. Uh, shot 53% for the field, 42% from three. Made all of their nine free throws. A very low free throw shooting game uh, for both teams. Uh, Milwaukee went 13 of 18. I already mentioned Portland went nine for nine. Milwaukee did shoot the ball decently well from the field, 48%, which isn't as good as Portland's, but it's not bad. But from 3-0, they sucked. They were 28%, not for lack of trying. They threw up 45 threes. They made 13 go down. Not great there. Um, and aside from that, uh, you know, Portland played up to the level of the competition. Like, you can definitely say that. I definitely loved the way the guys like Anthony Simons played. Especially against his old teammate in Dame Lillard, right? 24 points, 3 rebounds, and 5 assists, right? To lead all scores for Portland. You had 20 points for DeAndre Ayton, along with 11 rebounds. Could you say he was dominating? All right, you had 18 points for Jeremy Grant, along with 3 rebounds and 4 assists. 14, 6, and 6 for Malcolm Brogdon. 15 off the bench with 4 assists for Scoot Henderson. And Duop Reeve had 10 points as well, along with 4 rebounds for the Blazers. So everyone got in a little bit of the action there. Definitely love to see that for the Blazers. And they rallied around and, and won, spoiling the homecoming for one Damian Lillard. And honestly, the Bucks had a really good chance. Uh, last chance play for the Bucks. Doc Rivers had Damian Lillard inbound the ball to Giannis. But, like, why? Like, that's my question. I'm, I mean, everyone's asking that. I, I put on Twitter, it's just what the doc d- Mm-hmm. Yep, you know where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cheesy. But, like, at the end of the day, like, that didn't make any sense to me. Um, Hopefully, Doc Rivers will do what Adrian Griffin didn't, which is spam the Damian Lillard Giannis pick and roll. Like, that is something that could be unstoppable. That is something that's worked really well when they've done it. So, why are they going away from it? I have absolutely zero clue. But you want to win games, right? Your defense ain't saving you. I just think that'd be an easier way to get open looks. Um, definitely not inbound the ball that way. Maybe Giannis to, to Dame, even then I don't like it super great. You want Giannis involved in the action. But no, no, no. Nah, baby. Nah. Anyways, that's my thought there. Uh, I'm not rooting for Dr. Fail. You know, it is Black History Month after all. Um, <laughs> and I'm kidding. <laughs> No, but seriously, I'm not rooting for Dr. Phil at all. I don't have an issue there. Um, I definitely felt Adrian Griffin should have more of a chance, but in my mind, Adrian Griffin probably shouldn't have gotten hired if this is where he wanted to go with the team expectations and everything. Like, it's you had Giannis on the team. You didn't think you were trying to win? Like, I, I just don't think it was Adrian's fault. Adrian! Sorry. Rocky, about, I had to go Rocky there. That was a horrible Rocky impression. But anyways, like, I don't think it was Adrian Griffin's fault that the Bucks decided to switch things up middle of, you know, uh, the off season and then say, oh, we're trying to contend. Like, weren't you not trying to contend for the beginning? For the beginning, Giannis had not signed a contract extension. Like, he could have been out in a bit. So I, I don't know. But there was issues behind the scenes, all sorts of things. We're not trying to relitigate the Adrian Griffin hiring. I'm just saying, like Doc being there, I'm not mad at it. I'm not rooting for him to fail. But like in my mind, it's kind of whatever, right? Um, speaking of whatever, I guess that's the effort the Mavericks put out against the Timberwolves. Um, as they got blown out the building, one twenty-one to eighty-seven by Minnesota, um, to be fair, they did not have 
one Luka Doncic. They Luka Doncic. They did not have one Kyrie Irving. They went to battle with a backcourt of Jaden Hardy and Tim Hardaway Jr., which isn't bad, but it's not great. Josh Green and Grant Williams, which is mm, for Williams, and then Rashawn Holmes. So you're basically asking to get that tail whooping, and that's exactly what the Mavericks got. Um, let's talk about the Mavericks scores real quick. Not a whole lot to tell. Just four players in double digits. Josh Green led the way. Been really having a great scoring season for the Mavericks, just um, comp- relative to his role. Had 18 points and two rebounds and one assist. So nothing more than 18 points, but fine. Uh, Rashawn Holmes had a double-double in 30 minutes, 11 points and 10 rebounds. 14 points for Tim Hardaway Jr. with three rounds and two assists, which was one more rebound than Jane Hardy, who almost had the exact same stat line, except 15 points, two rebounds, and two assists as well. Off the bench, a variety of not a whole lot. Nine points, three and three rebounds and assists for Seth Curry. Uh, that's really it. I'm not going to go into the entire stat line for the three points and the five points. It wasn't a whole lot off the bench for the Mavericks. Wasn't a whole lot on the starting lineup for the Mavericks. For the Timberwolves, Cronley Towns led the way. 29 points. Nine rebounds, four assists. Mike Conley came back after missing the last stretch of games. Ten points and four rebounds, three assists. Uh, Rudy Gobert, second in scoring for the Wolves in this game. 17 points and six boards. Uh, Anthony Edwards did not have a super great night. Nine points, five rebounds, and five assists. Um, and then that was it. That, again, not a whole lot there. Uh, for They didn't need a whole lot. Like, everybody who played for the Timberwolves scored the basketball, so cool on that. Anyway, I play at least five minutes. Shout out to Luke Garza and Wendell Moore Jr., um, but yeah, this game was, was, was tight until the fourth quarter. And when I say tight, I mean, it was like within range, but fourth quarter, Minnesota said, oh yeah, let's turn it up and pour out 38 points. And the Mavericks said, um, let's struggle to score 17 in the final frame. And that's how you have the score that you do. Magic beat the Spurs by 10, 108 to 98. Paulo Bancaro, 25 points. Franz Wagner, 20 points. Paulo added nine rebounds and seven assists. Franz added eight rebounds and five assists. Those two are the Magic main men. 14 points and five rebounds for Wendell Carter Jr. 11 points and seven assists for Markel Fultz. Double-digit scoring off the bench, Cole Anthony and Mo Wagner. Um, 11 points for Anthony and 10 points for Wagner. For the Spurs, Wemby was not your leading scorer. It was actually Devin Vassell. 26 points, four rebounds and four assists in 37 minutes. Um, Wemby in an efficient 30 or an efficient in a, in a neat 30 minutes had 21 points and eight rebounds. Jeremy Sohan 18 points and 12 rebounds for him, including a really cool reverse dunk that I loved on the alley oop. I was like, "Yo, okay, Sohan, get up there, go on, do that thing." But that was really it. You had a, a moment of levity where, um, uh, how do I say this? Um, Joe Ingles fouled um, Chetty Osman. He was. Uh, cornered in the sideline, he gave him a little uh action there. Uh, get up there, you know, a little, uh, little, uh, a uh, 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 little mid midway thrust. That's not the word I meant to use. It was a, it was a pause play. It was it was interesting playing basketball for sure. Not really sure why it happened. It looks funny. It's it's gonna be like that Michael Beasley rubbing the wrong knee and being like, oh my bad, I thought it was my knee. Like it's probably not as bad as people thinking, but like I, there's no explanation for it really. Like 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 what do you like what what is the explanation for it? I don't know. Shout out to Michael Beasley and Anthony Tolliver, man. That was that was a fun scene. Thunder beat the Nuggets 105 to 100. It's a good game, tight game. The Nuggets were without Nikola Jokic, um, but the Thunder were missing folks of their own. Um, their main guy stood up though. Uh, they didn't have Jalen Williams for the Thunder, but Shea Gilgis Alexander was there and he played well. 34 points, seven rebounds, five assists, double double for Big Chet. Chet Holmgren 18 points, 13 rebounds, three assists for him. Um, 12 points for Ann Wiggins off the bench. 
12 points for uh, Basali Micic off the bench. And that was really it for your double-digit scores. Uh, Josh Giddy, a little bit of everything, I guess. Eight points, nine rebounds, five assists. He loves being under double <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah, that was really it. Uh, the other Jalen Williams, uh, in 18 minutes, had nine points, three rounds, and two assists. But really good, even-keeled, balanced game for the Thunder, who most everybody played. Shout-out to Davis Bertans for not getting any action, but everyone else on the Thunder got at least five minutes of playing time that were available to do so. For the Nuggets... Uh, just not very efficient for them. 39% from the field. They shot better from three than they shot from the field, which shout out to them for that, but also yikes, right? Um, you had 16 points, three different 16-point scores uh, between Aaron Gordon, who had 13 rebounds as well, Jamal Murray, who had three rebounds and four assists, and Reggie Jackson off the bench, who had four rebounds and three assists. After that, you had 15 points and eight rebounds for Michael Porter Jr., and that was it. 10 points for Christian Brown, nine for Peyton Watson, Five for Justin Holiday, two for Zeke Naji, and that's all, folks. Oh, actually, no, I'm just kidding. It's 11 points for uh, KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Forgot about him. Don't know why. That game was kind of forgettable for the Nuggets. They definitely want to forget that one. But with that win, the Thunder have now moved to number two in the Western Conference, which is crazy. We'll go over the standings here in a second. All right. Pelicans beat the Rockets 110 to 99. Not a whole lot to say about that. Jonas Valanciunas 25 and 14. Brandon Miller 24 and 10. CJ McCollum had 19. That was really it. I mean, for the Rockets, Jalen Green, who's been on a little bit of a heater the last couple of games, 31 points, 4 rebounds, and 4 assists. Alperen Shingun, double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds. 17 points for Cam Whitmore, who didn't do a single thing aside from that. All he do is score, but he do it well. 10.6 rebounds for our man Thompson. Fred VanVleet had 16 points and 5 assists, and I probably said more about the Houston Rockets than I need to in this game. They played okay. Um, they just didn't really shoot the ball well. 40% from the field, 29% from three. Not going to win you many games, especially the other team shooting. 50% from the field, and not much better, but 32% from the free throw, or from the three-point line. So, that was your game there. You had the Hornets play. They came. They saw. They lost. Two, Chicago, 110 for the Hornets, 117 for Chicago. Um, balanced effort, you had seven different players, or, or yeah, seven different, six different players, excuse me, um, in double, double digits for the Bulls. 35, seven rebounds and nine assists for Kobe White, who went off. The Hornets could not stop the man. 15 points for DeMar DeRozan, 22 and 12 for Nikola Vucevic, 16 for Ayudusumu, 10 and 8, 10 points and 8 rebounds for Andre Drummond. It was just too much for the Hornets. Miles Bridges led the way, 30 points, 15 rebounds, and 5 assists. Really good box score game for him. Uh, Paul Germain Washington Jr. Yeah, that's right, P.J. Washington Jr., 26 points. Really good for him. 21 for Brandon Miller, but they just didn't get enough from anybody else. Your only other double-digit score outside of those three was Nick Richards with 10. And ultimately, you know, it was a good game for both. Um, Charlotte just didn't score as well as Chicago did, except for the free throw line, where they went 14-17, to 17, which is good for 82%. Chicago went 16-22, which is good for 72%. From the field, Charlotte shot 44%. That's great. Chicago shot 51 From three, Charlotte shot 34%. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Chicago shot 37 Rebounds, Chicago had more. Assists, Chicago had more. Blocks, Chicago had more. Points in the paint, you guessed it, Chicago. Like, they won just enough of the, of the, of the qualities that matter in the game between the lines, you know? And that is what helped them get the win. Clippers had a tight one in the first half, not going to lie against Washington, and then said, wait a second, it's Washington. Even if we don't have Paul George, we going to be all right. 
and they won that game 125 to 109, dropping Washington to a very, very sad, very, very lowly 9 and 38 record. Kawhi Leonard led the way, 31 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. James Harden had a solid game, 25 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 assists for him. Excuse me. Uh-huh. Gotta clear the throat out. Double just scoring off the bench. 14 for Norman Powell, 12 for Brandon Broster Jr. Who child, let me take a minute. I had to get my throat right. It was good. I was turning to Doc Rivers. No, I'm Okay, it was getting bad there. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Okay. So, Brandon Broster Jr., Norman Powell. That's where I was, right? Yes, exactly. Boom. Amir Coffey uh, got the start, 17 points. Didn't do a whole lot else, but that was fine. Mason Plumley also got the start. Remember, Vita Zubak is also out. Five points and 11 rebounds for him. And Terrence Mann, the untouchable guy. Listen, listen, listen. I don't, I'm not, a, I'm, not I'm not a, not a Terrence Mann hater. I just thought he was somebody that the Clippers like overvalued as if he was a young prospect and not a dude that's 27 averaging seven points, three rounds and two assists. Like he's a good glue guy. Yes. He's great for the team. Yes. But like, he's just, I don't know. His last three games, six points, two assists shooting, three, three rebounds and two assists. Cavs, 19 minutes, five points, two of four shooting, one assist, no rebounds, two seals. Celtics, 14 points, 6 to 12, 1 to 3, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Like, is it his role? Like, what's going on? Although, I will say shout out to him being another 27-year-old from Brooklyn, New York. Well, actually, I'm a year older now. But the point being, boom. Um, But I just, I don't know. Bones Highland got the play. Free my man Bones Highland. Free Nashawn Highland, y'all. Please. Two points, one assist, or one rebound frame. Um, My guy, Russell Westbrook, 9 points, 7 assists. Three rebounds and 21 minutes of action. I cannot believe Russ is barely getting over 20. I mean, I can on a team like this. He's probably not getting more, but I just wish he were. Um, for the Wizards, Kyle Kuzma, 27 points, two rebounds. The dude did not come in to pass the ball. So don't expect me to read an assist number because he did not have one. 19 points for Bilal Kulabali. Good to see him getting some minutes for Washington. And he got the start. 37 big minutes for him. Off the bench, 16 points for Corey Kispert. 10 and 8 for Marvin Bagley. Good for him. Um, Denny Abdija had 13 points, five rebounds, three assists, and a really cool embrace with Russell Westbrook at the end of the game. Remember, Russ was his mentor for his rookie season. Really cool to see that. Daniel Gafford, six points and eight rebounds, and that was really it for Washington, who shot 46% for the field, 31% from three, and 66% from the line. Uh, don't need to say it, but I'll say it anyway. Clippers shot better in all three categories, 47% from the field, 40% from three, 86% from the line, more rebounds than the Wizards, more assists than the Wizards, more steals than the Wizards, less turnovers than the Wizards. Um, yeah, like, it's one of those things. So, just one of them things. Yeah, that was really a good game for the Clippers there. And then, um, Heat beat the Kings. They needed that win, 115-106. to Good game for Jimmy Butler. Uh, Cavs beat the Pistons 128 to 121, 45 big points for Donovan Mitchell. And that was it for your scores for last night. What are the games for tonight? Got a TNT doubleheader. Uh, Lakers and Celtics at 530, 76ers at Jazz at 8. Yes, Joel Embiid will miss the game. No, I don't know why you're asking. Okay, just kidding, I do. He can only miss, what, four more games the rest of the season after this before he's ineligible for MVP award, among others. And I got a thought on that, but I'll share in a minute. Um, Knicks. We'll be playing host to the Pacers at 5.30. That's a league pass game of the night, y'all. And the Cavs on the second half of back-to-back will be going in to do battle with the Memphis Grizzlies. That is at 6. Uh, if I didn't mention the Lakers-Celtics, that is at 5.30. Um, we'll see if the Lakers can bounce back against a team that is a lot to a little at home. Celtics are, what, 22-2 and two at home? Like, they do not lose a lot there. And the Lakers have been doing some losing recently. So we'll see how that bounces out. For the 76ers, it's going to be a tight game. Jazz have been playing pretty well. And the 76ers without... Joel Embiid and maybe without Tyrese Maxey are not a very good team. Not their bad team. They have some pride. They have some fight, but they're just not a very good team. So we'll see what that looks like. But that is the four-game slate for the night. Keep it short. Keep it sweet. Keep it simple. Um, for the standings, 
At the top, Boston, 37 and 11. Milwaukee fell a little bit behind, 32 and 16, number two. Knicks are 31 and 17. Cavs are 29 and 16, and they are on a tear as of late. 76ers are overtaken by the Cavs. They are 29 and 17 to the Cavs, 29 and 16. Pacers are 27 and 21. Heat are 25 and 23. That's good for number seven in the East. Eighth are the Magic at 25 and 23. The Bulls sit at 23 and 26. Tenth are the Hawks. Need to make a move, I think so. They're at 20 and 27. Eleventh are the Nets. They're at 19 and 28. 40 win percentage. 40% winning percentage. That's how I say it. Raptors, 17 and 30. They're at 36%. Yikes. Hornets, now we're getting to the Drags, 10 and 36. Wizards, 9 and 38. And the Pistons, the record of just not being able to do it this season. I just don't got it. They are 6 and 41. For the West. At the top are the Timberwolves, 34 and 14. Right behind them are the Thunder at 33 and 15. Clippers are right up there, two games back in the win column. They're 31 and 15. Nuggets, one game behind that in the loss column. They're 33 and 16. Kings, number five, 27 and 19. Suns at 6, 28 and 20. Then come the Pelicans at 27 and 21. Then come the Mavericks at 26 and 22. Then come the up and the down and the hot and the cold and the Katy Perry Lakers, 24 and 25. Tied with them are the Jazz, 24 and 25. One of those records might change after tonight's games. Warriors are 12th. Yikes. I'll repeat that. The Warriors are 12th. 20 and 24. Then you get into the bad, bad. The Grizzlies. Uh, the Grizzlies are like your Raptors of the West. They're 18 and 29. Uh, then you got the real dregs of the West. The Trailblazers are 15 and 33. That's good for 31% winning uh, percentage. And then, of course, the Spurs are 10 and 38. Yikes, yikes, yikes. All right. Got to talk about the 65-game rule. Um, MVP candidate, along with some all-NBA candidates who are in danger of being ineligible for end-of-the-season awards, right? Uh, part of the new CBA, the 65-game rule was imposed, which meant that players must reach a minimum games played threshold of 65 in order to be eligible for certain major end-of-season awards, such as MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. So, if you play 65, you can only miss 17. A player, however, must log at least 20 minutes of action in the game for it to be counted toward their game's play total. Players are allowed to two instances where their play between 15 and 20 minutes and the game still counts. So, if a player exited a game due to injury after logging 12 minutes and doesn't return, that game does not count toward the player's total. Better get up there and limp for three more minutes, yo. Better get up there and make that happen. Yeah, I think it's kind of silly. Um, <clears throat> But who does it apply for? MVP. Defense player of the year, most improved player, all NBA teams, and the all defensive teams. If you're rookie of the year, you're fine, good for you. If you're sixth man of the year, you're fine, good for you. And all rookie teams are not impacted. But right now, who are ineligible? Um, the most notable players already are guys who weren't really going to do a whole lot anyway. Um, Evan Mobley, who, I mean, he's been good defensively, just hasn't played enough. Uh, and he did get an all defensive first team last year, but he's already missed more than 20 games. Like, I just in general, I wouldn't have done it. And then Draymond Green. Same thing. Missed 20 plus games and come on out. Like, you've been just taking people out. I'm not voting for you for an award. Defense player of the year? How about keep your hands on my player award of the year? Like, come on now. Um, now is where we get to, <clears throat> excuse me, more of the interesting ones. All star break still a couple weeks away. But Joel Embiid will miss his 13th game of the season. He's already missed two straight due to a knee issue, and then he suffered another knee injury in his return against Golden State on Tuesday. Um, if he misses five more games, I said seven. I was wrong. Misses five. He will be denied a repeat bid, and that would suck because, in my mind, he's clearly the MVP this season. Tyrese Halliburton also missed 13 games and has one appearance of fewer than 15 minutes played as well. He recently returned from a hamstring injury that cost him to miss 10 of 11 games, and he is going to lose on a boatload of money if he's silent for another four contests. That's because 
The five-year, $204.5 million extension he signed last offseason includes a bonus worth a projected $41 million, which would be spread out over the course of the deal if he were to make an all-NBA team this season. But if he can't meet the 65-game threshold, he won't make the all-NBA team this season, which means the $41 million that he can look at is something he can only say goodbye to. So, of course, he came out this week and spoke about it, called it stupid, which if I was about to stand to lose $41 million, I would also call it stupid. Here's the quote he said. Quote, I think it's a stupid rule, like plenty of the guys in the league, but this is what the owners want. So as players, we got to do our job and play in 6-5 games we're able to. So that's what I got to do, take care of my body to be able to play in those games. And I think you've seen other players in the league kind of face the same thing, as long as the owners are happy. Well, end quote, first of all, two things. One, I don't know why I did that in that accent. Not really sure where that was going. Secondly, yes, yeah, kind of what the owners want, but also the Players Association did sign off on that. So, you know, it's kind of a unit. Kind of feel like you had to say in that sort of. And... I don't know. I'm not pro-owner here. Although, I guess I'm about to sound pro-owner. Like, I, I do want to see players play more than 65 games. Uh, if you can. If you can, I'm sorry. Like, I hate that. That sucks. Injuries happen. They're a part of the game. Like, I've seen injuries curtail careers. Big games. NBA playoffs. NBA finals. Like, you're making a lot. I'm not losing a lot of sleep on it. Like, yeah, it's going to be one of the great MVP snubs. I guess because of, like, a self-inflicted wound. But, like, injuries are just a thing. You obviously want to play as many as you can. I think 60 might be a, a better compromise. Let you miss 23 games. Um, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, it is what it is. Like, you play what you can. And I'm sorry, but if you're injury-prone player or you have a traumatic injury and that sucks and I feel horrible for you, it's just one of the things that happen. You know, I, I, I don't feel comfortable having a guy play 30 games and win MVP. I'm not saying that's a thing. I don't, it, it isn't. And I think, you know, for the voters, um, they've done a decent job in terms of voting for players. And for awards in the past, so I I don't really think it's bad. But at the end of the day, I'm just not as fired up about it as other people are. I'm just not. I, I I get it, and then I don't. You know, like I get what it is. I understand why people are are upset about it. I also get wanting to play in games, and I'm looking at it from a fan perspective, wanting to see these players playing games. So, like I, that's my thoughts on it. I mean, ultimately, you know, you gotta do what's best for the players, whatever the owners want. It's a give and take. That's why the players get paid as much as they do. That's why the owners get paid so much more, right? Like, it's one of those things. Um, but so it's injuries, and I hate them, but they, they bring a lot more. Shout out to Greg Oden, shout out to Brandon Roy. I mean, so many others who, like, forget MVP, like, awards or defense player of the year awards. They just want to be in the league. They just want to play the game they love, and injuries stop that whole thing from happening. So, no, I'm not mad about missing 15, 16 games and missing MVP. Like, I I think it's, just, it's levels to it, in my mind. Um, but, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. I, I, I just, I don't know. I guess I'm just not fired up as others on it. I respect their opinion for sure. Um, I don't think it's that stupid. I just don't think it's, like, that great. I just, I don't know. It's just one of those things that are, um, it is what it is. I hate to say that, but, like, literally, it is what it is. All right. Well, that's all I got for tonight, or for today, rather, uh, for Ramble Ramble. want to thank y'all again for listening, taking the time. I really do appreciate y'all, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, hope you have a great, what's today? Jeez. Today's Thursday? Yeah, have a great Thursday, y'all. Enjoy the first of the month. Enjoy Black History Month. I'll talk to y'all tomorrow. Y'all have a good one. Y'all stay frosty. I am frosty. I already know what it is, and we'll talk real, real soon. Bye, y'all.